Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, somebody did say to me on Twitter today, you may as well throw out the schedule this evening on the Global Game because you're just <laughs> going to be talking about this grand final decision. And uh, you know what? They might be right. Uh, we've got Nathan on the line from Epping. Uh, evening to you, Nathan. How are you? Yeah, good, lads. How are you going? Yeah, very good. good. Mate, Sorry good. to keep you waiting on the line. Uh, I presume you want to talk about no. this uh, grand final decision as well. I I do. Um, Danny Townsend talks about creating traditions and the code's 18 years old. That reeks of, for lack of a better word, I call it arrogance because we had rotating finals during the NSL days and the Australia Cup prior to the current incarnation of it. Mm-hmm. He talks about tradition and he's just thrown it away for a cash grab and to gaslight the supporters to, to suggest anything else is borderline insulting. And yep. that's why I think his position is untenable. He has to go. This decision has to be reversed. All the boycotts will continue. Yeah, That's it. Uh, thank you for your call, Nathan. Uh, just, uh, look, just to be fair on Danny Townsend, and I know Danny is copping all the flack, um, but the fact is this was supposedly a collective decision. And Danny has been the front man. He's done all the interviews. Uh, there are obviously a lot of other people that have been behind this decision as well. Uh, Fred has texted in similar sort of vein. Yesterday, Danny said he wants to create a tradition. Today on ABC, he says he's looking forward to another bid to eventually take it away from Sydney. So what does he want? A Wembley-style tradition or the highest bidder? And there does seem to be uh, a little bit of a contradiction in that. Um, Fair to say this deal has caused an absolute rumpus among football fans nationwide. Uh, We're going to have our say in a minute, but first... Uh, let's hear from the APL CEO, Danny Townsend, who I did catch up with after yesterday's press conference. Danny, it's a, it's a bold decision. Is it the right one? Oh, I think it is. I think in the fullness of time, when we look back on this moment, I think we'll look back with, you know, with confidence that we made the right decision at the right time. Of course, we're expecting the emotion of, of football fans to, to boil over at this, this point in time. But I think as, as things settle down, hopefully fans realise that we're doing this for football. We're doing this because we want to celebrate our game. We want it to be aligned with all of the other major codes in this country and have the respect of being on the major events calendar. I know these are theoreticals, but what, for example, if you get a Perth against Wellington grand final, how are you going to sell, for example, this place out at Combank? Yeah, look, that's going to be challenging. But like I said, we need to be able to move into a situation where our, our grand finals are on the sporting calendar and people are there, whether their team's in or not, because they're an event. I'd say at the moment we're not there and, and that's going to take some time. And we realise there's some risk around that. But if you don't start a tradition, you never create one. And, and now's the time. Let me give you one more theoretical. Melbourne victory win the Premiership, Sydney FC sneak into sixth spot and somehow jag a place in the grand final. All of a sudden, they've got a home grand final. That's going to raise the shackles, isn't it, of people in Victoria in particular? Yeah, I think that's, you know, I I know Sydney is an advantage, but then that's when we can be creative around the stadium infrastructure we've got and and, and unlikely play that at at Sydney's home stadium and have played at another stadium in Sydney. So, yeah, look, there's certainly going to be circumstances that are going to be challenging to deal with. But, you know, if I fast forward that in 10 years' time, you know, hopefully we're looking back at this point in time, realising that, you know, we created some history by making this decision.
and all the other clubs have signed on, off on this, so you've got uh, uniform agreements. Yeah, absolutely. I think they all understand the challenges with it. There's no doubt about that. They're not naive. They understand that their their fan groups, are from particularly those outside of New South Wales, are going to have some, some issues with it, which they clearly do. Um, but I think now the job is for all of us to buckle down and, and support our fans, our clubs, and make sure we can get as many people here, both from an accessibility standpoint but also affordability standpoint. We, we want to make sure they can get here in a cost-effective way and enjoy what Sydney has to offer. Well, that interview recorded yesterday. Obviously, 24 hours is a long time in football. Uh, today, Western United issued a statement uh, condemning the move. Anthony Di Pietro, as you might have seen, has resigned from the APL board, uh, which held an emergency meeting to discuss what I guess can be called a crisis. Perth Glory owner Tony Sage has spoken out. The rumours Chris Fong up in Brisbane uh, was uh, not consulted or at least didn't think that the decision had already been made. Uh, it's It's been absolute chaos over the last 24 hours. Now, this is my take on it, and people may disagree. Now, I understand the need for cash. I understand the need to be bold. I also understand there's a need perhaps to build new traditions. But for me, this decision was tone deaf. Fans yesterday spoke almost unanimously against this. They have done as well today. Uh, and the reasons for their anger are easy to understand. We already have a tradition, as you've heard from one or two of our callers, the unique nature of the A-League Grand Final where any city can host, unlike AFL or NRL, and that's been lost. Uh, secondly, not every club is from New South Wales, of course, and it makes it an expensive trip for supporters, especially given the recent hike in airfares. And most pertinently, there is the question of whether our game as I asked Danny Townsend in that interview, is big enough to support a final played in a neutral city if the two teams in question are from interstate. And finally, again, as I asked Danny Townsend, what if, for example, Sydney finished sixth and somehow jagged that grand final against perhaps a Melbourne victory who are premiers? It's hardly fair in a competition that's already lopsided because of the 12-team format. Now, the fact that those clubs have put out their statements stating their preference for a continuation of the current format uh, suggests that this deal wasn't universally popular. Craig Goodwin of Adelaide was part of the promo video. He too put out a statement saying he did not support the grand final being played in Sydney. Remy Simpson of Sydney's A-League women's team has followed suit, as has Melissa Barbieri. There are likely to be others that follow. Now, as for me, I was put in a difficult spot on Monday. I was asked to host the press conference and that's a part of my job, so I had to do it. But it didn't sit easily with me. As broadcasters, we're constantly having to toe the line between the commercial reality of working for broadcast partners of the game and representing the views of the fans who buy our TV services, listen to our radio shows and read our articles. In the modern world, this is becoming ever more difficult. And I've spoken out on issues before, as you know, and paid the price for it. But on this, I have to be honest, I think they've made a big mistake even if I understand that money might have been just too good to turn down. In which case, perhaps be honest about that and tell us where the cash might go. The fans clearly feel let down. Victory fans have indicated they would stage a walkout during Saturday's derby and that City's active fans will follow suit. Maybe Anthony Di Pietro's resignation for the board placates that. I don't know. I don't condone, condone walkouts, but I do understand the fans' frustrations. And the APL now clearly has to listen to its customers because we cannot have another David Gallup-style situation from 2015 where the game's leaders cannot read the room. All this on the back of the hype and excitement created by the World Cup. Truly 
Broski, only football in Australia could do this. And sometimes I could just weep for the game <laughs> here. I really could. Look, that, that's the frustrating part of it all. The timing off the back of, like you said, the Socceroos and everything. And we're hoping that that will give us just that injection of positivity and, and we can build off what they've done. And then this comes out and there's such a backlash from the fans um, who were talking about walkouts. It's, it's actually, it couldn't be further from what we need in this game. Mm. And that's what we're talking about today. I, look, I, I agree. I think this game is all about its fans. It's the one thing, you know, I, I've been to a rugby league uh, grand final and the, the event is great. Um, but there's too many neutrals there. And I do think that that's the one thing that I noticed having played grand finals in Perth where that stadium was, the atmosphere was incredible. Even being the away team, I played in Amy Park in a grand final. Uh, I watched when Adelaide beat the Wanderers down at Adelaide Oval. You just can't beat the the grand final atmosphere of an A-League compared to anything else. And that is because of the hometown support, you know. So, look, I I, I think this decision has to be uh, reversed. I think, I think the APL... Um, Danny, and, and not only Danny, because you said it before, there were a lot of clubs that signed up for this, obviously, yep. and we're, we're, you know, don't see many of them backing him now, which is uh, interesting in itself. But the problem is, if if they do back away from the deal, they lose, and this is a conservative estimate, $10 million, and, mm-hmm. and perhaps the goodwill of not just the New South Wales government, but perhaps governments around the country that might not trust them in future. If they stick with the deal, then clearly the fans almost unanimously are against mm. this. So they're between a rock and a hard place. They are, which which makes you wonder how we even got to this point, right? I mean, we spoke to Danny and asked him about whether the fans were consulted and, and he did say that they had meetings and forums where, you know, fans were told and everything that's been, that's come out, um, you know, in the last 24 hours was raised in those meetings. If mm. that's the case, why still go ahead with it? If you knew this was going to be the backlash, why go ahead with it? Okay, a couple of texts. Uh, gents, for all the faults of Danny Townsend, how pathetic is it for Anthony DiPietro to be happy to sell out fans behind the closed doors and then instantly bail on the whole thing as soon as the reaction got a little bit hot? There's no name on that one. Jesse from Melbourne. I'm ashamed to be a Melbourne City fan today. The silence from the club is deafening. Still no statement. Uh, let's hear from Jason, who is in Coburg. Thanks for hang- hanging on the line, Jason. What, what's your point? Hey, mate, how are you? Very good, very good. This is, you couldn't do anything worse. Like you could not physically try to make a worse decision. Mm. You're not in favour. Are, you, are you a Victory fan or a City fan? I'm a Vuck fan, a Victory fan. Okay. <laughs> if you wanted more money into the league, get more people going out games, what's so hard with ha- handing out pamphlets at the livestock crews watch-alongs? Like, just make like a, a small discount on the pamphlets. Yeah, you want to see more soccer action? Were you Come there at Fed Square? Matches. Were you there at Fed Square? Yes, I was there. At, yeah, and, and the A League clubs were not there. Even for the pre qualifier. Yeah, even for the pre qualifier. Okay, and the A League clubs were not there uh, trying to drum up support. No. No, there was no nothing. Not even like an advert on SBS. All I saw was the Argentina match. Subway cookies being being given out. Mm. Where are where is the promotion? This is the perfect place for our promotion if mm. we need more money. Mm. And which fan said this was a good idea? Well, I mean, they did say that they consulted with fans, but I, I mean, I've, I've yet to hear <laughs> from one fan that said that it was actually they that were consulted. Hey, Jason, thank you so much for your call. Uh, good to hear from you, and thanks for listening to the Global Game. Uh, Nick has called in as well. Nick, you're in Sydney. What's your point? G'day, Simon. G'day, Alex. Look, uh, 
it might seem like dark days, and this is a terrible decision, but it actually provides us with an incredible opportunity. Mm -hmm. So the reason this has happened, let's understand this. The reason this has happened is because football fans have no seat at the table whatsoever. Mm -hmm. The league's run by business people for business people. Simple as that. The only way football fans can make sure this never happens again is to maintain the rage, keep the boycotts going if they want, bring the clubs to the table to get fan ownership models so fans can buy a stake in their club and be involved in decision-making at club level and eventually on the APL board. Nick, weren't they supposed to... Sorry, Nick. Weren't they supposed to be... Weren't they supposed to be fans on the APL board? Wasn't that the original idea? That was the original idea, and Danny, as well, has to answer for that. There's an old saying where if you aren't at the table, you're on the menu. This has been the case for the last 18 years of the A-League. This is an opportunity for us to change that. It's a radical idea, but only if you change that can you seriously put these kinds of decisions to bed and actually create decisions that benefit fans for the long term. Yeah, good points. Well made. Thank you very much, Nick, for your call tonight. Really appreciate it. Uh, so many uh, texts on this. Callum in Melbourne, time for the clubs to remember they don't exist without us. Walkouts and boycotts got to happen. Uh, John from Wollongong, hope they can find a solution to this debacle. Uh, what about auctioning off hosting the All-Stars games? Build a tradition around that. Uh, leave the grand final hosting to the deserving team. It's not too late to minimise the fallout, but I fear it will be if they continue down uh, this path. I, I often thought, Broski, I don't know whether you're the same view, that uh, the Australia Cup would be the ideal sort of uh, competition to have a neutral venue, to try and you know get governments interested. And in, uh, obviously the APL don't run that. That's Football Australia that runs that particular competition. I always thought the road to Canberra would be fantastically romantic for the Australia mm. Cup, but I'm not sure the grand final, given that we've built 18 years of tradition around you know the team earning the right to host it, is the right competition uh, to, to sell off to the highest bidder, if that's the, the right terminology. No, you're right. Look, and, and I think Danny, funnily enough, he, he used that, um, you know, the FA Cup and the road to Wembley uh, as an example. And I think you're right. I think the Australia Cup is the perfect uh, perfect way to do that and, and set up this type of event. But the the grand final, no, look, I, I think um, I agree with the caller we, we had just before saying that this is a, a big opportunity. I think in in hearing the fans, in hearing their voices and, and doing something about this. So the fans are clearly upset. Um, it, it needs to change. I do understand that we need to be careful. Money's been thrown at us um, from the government, which we, we you can't just, you know, when this happens, you can't just throw it away. But the fans, um, look, they've spoken for me, and I think we need them more than anything, you know. The irony of all this, of course, is that on the back of the World Cup, uh, we all threw up our hands in the air and said, it's time that the governments gave us more money. And the first time they did that, <laughs> boom. We wanted to give it back. <laughs> I've got the fireworks. You can never win in this game. Uh, one or two more uh, text messages before we move on from this particular topic, although I think it's going to go on all night. Um, uh, this is a comment from a uh, text message from no name on the end of it. Uh, what if instead they did a UEFA Champions League style system where there's a different stadium each year known 12 months in advance? For example, 2022-23 in the Gold Coast, 23-24 in Melbourne, etc etc that could be a compromise of sorts i think that's a great idea the problem is you've got to have the government's interested in buying it in the first place it's not just a, a matter of saying well okay we're going to go to the gold coast this year they've got to be actually interested in in hosting and it costs money doesn't it so it does, yeah. that's why 
the New South Wales government has has been chosen in this instance, as far as I can see, because they're the ones that have been prepared to put up the money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we should say, you know, there's, there's no blame on Destination New South Wales or the New South Wales government here because they're prepared to throw good money into football, yeah, which, is, right. which is absolutely fantastic, really. Um, it's just that... Yeah, unfortunately, this has not found favour with the fans, and you can completely understand why. Uh, One more, Evan from Warrington. Uh, With the grand final now being in Sydney, then at the very least, should the two-legged semis being the last chance in brackets for the teams to play at home be emphasised as more significant and promoted more? Uh, Yeah, I'm not sure you can promote semis more than the the grand final. But, uh, I mean, it's a fair point that we now have a a home leg for the semi-final, so at least there is a chance for uh, an interstate team outside of Sydney to see their side at home before the grand final. (sighs) Anyway, we'll see how all this pans out. I don't think we've heard the last of this story uh, by a long way, Broski. Um, Let's move on and talk about one or two other things, or at least uh, (laughs) some less emotive things. Uh, the Socceroos of the World Cup, doesn't that seem like a distant memory? Uh, but what memories? Attention now moves on as to what needs to happen to ensure our game progresses and uh, we continue to produce good national team players, of course. And one thing that has been a constant is the cost of playing the game at grassroots level. Uh, here's the thoughts of FA CEO James Johnson, uh, who was speaking with Matt White on SEN on Friday. It is a challenge, but we really need to be specific here because I, I feel like there's a general perception, um, but I'd like to be specific with how we answer that. Um, We are the biggest community sport, the biggest club sport in the country by a mile. In the most part, community football is is very reasonably priced. The issue is, the challenge is, in a small but important part of our ecosystem, it's in the elite levels, it's the NPL level. And this is where you see the registration fees that are sometimes $2,000, um, and it's too high. But we, we, we need to be clear that this area, this problem is at the NPL level, not the general community level. Most community uh, clubs um, cost around two, three, four hundred dollars uh, per year, which is pretty um, competitive compared to other sports. But also where we can add value is, is looking at ways that we can create alternate pathways um, so that no uh, children um, have have barriers in in front of them in the elite pathways. And that's something that we're looking at. Uh, We'll be coming out with a plan of attack to reduce the cost of of elite football uh, in Australia and create new uh, pathways for those um, could move forward and, and, and perhaps the NPL is a barrier for. I've been in Australia 20 years, Broski, and this has been a question that has been raised almost every week since I've been in the country. How do you fix it? How do you lower the costs? And James Johnson says it's at MPL level. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have no reason to disbelieve that. Is there a solution to this other than, you know, the game getting richer at the top level and the trickle-down effect, if, if that indeed is the case? Well, that, that is the problem. But at the end of the day, at, at MPL level, right, that's where your better players are. The junior players at those MPL clubs are the better players. So like he says, it's not a community level, but it's, it's these kids that um, probably are more elite um, and, and trying to make a future in the game. I mean, they're having to pay for the costs of their first grade teams or mm. their clubs, right? And then, um, look, it is difficult on top of that. Then you've got academies that are that they need to join. You know, otherwise it's difficult to get looked at and 
and the cost can be yeah three four five six thousand dollars per child so how you fix that i don't know i mean it is it is obviously a funding issue and hopefully with the introduction of this um you know this second division it, it more funding can go towards these MPL clubs to stop that, to stop our elite players um, from having to pay as much as they are. Yeah. Um, for government funding. No, let's not go there. <laughs> uh, the other big talking point, of course, uh, is Graham Arnold's future. The Socceroos coach out of contract now post-Qatar. He's holidaying in uh, the UK, I think, at the moment. And after such a good showing, uh, the feeling among many, perhaps, is that he should continue. Again, here's James Johnson on that topic. Graham's value's gone up, but so too has the Socceroos. Um, you know, he's a very attractive coach and we're uh, a very attractive uh, employer, um, given uh, who, who the Socceroos are, the brand strength, the golden era that the foot, football was in, and also the easier qualification um, process. So we've just got to make sure that, um, uh, you know, we, we, we would structure an agreement that is, is fit for this time that might look different to, to what it was four years ago. And ultimately, Graham's got to be happy and so do we. So, um, you know, I think some stability for this team uh, would be a good thing. But, you know, that's going to play out uh, in a negotiation that we'll have with Graham. Arnie stay or Arnie go, Broski? The Asian Cup in 2024, not too far away? Um Look, what I'm happy about is that it's actually in his hands now. Um, you know, a lot of people were calling for his head only a couple of months ago and, and you know, all of a sudden everybody's uh, on Arnie's uh, bandwagon, which it's incredible, a couple of games, what they can do, right? But, look, Arnie won't have forgotten all of that and the stress that comes with taking on that job. Um, so, look, he's earned that rest. I, I don't know. I don't know. If I'm him, I probably sort of leave on a high. But in saying that, he's always said it was about the players and – and, and getting them to achieve their goals and fulfill their dreams, which he's well and truly done. This team has the potential to grow and, and do a little bit more uh, than they already have, you know, and, and be a great team given how young some of these boys are. So maybe that attraction is there for him to stay and help them grow even further. Okay, thanks, Broski. Uh, one more text uh, back on the grand final issue before we go to the break. Uh, one or two people have come up with the same idea. This is from Steve in Perth. Boys, what about a magic round in Sydney over three or four days to keep Destination New South Wales happy and have a massive carnival-style weekend attracting people from all over Australia but keep the grand final as it is? And Steve says, up the Rams. Tell Spencer Pryor he was one of my favourite players at Derby County. We'll tell him <laughs> when he comes on uh, around 10 o'clock Eastern tonight. Thanks very much, Steve, and for all your input on that topic keep them coming we'll uh, we'll read a few more outs a bit later on in the show in the meantime we're off for a bit of a break and a deep breath before we review round seven of the elegments